Nick, unmute your mic. Unmute your mic. <laughs> 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 you guys, this is a great start. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of the Let's Talk Sports Show, hosted by your guy, uh, Bodkins, here. And all that laughter in the back, you can hear that giggly laugh. That is none other than Mr. First Down joining us tonight, along with uh, the one and only Johnny Cruz as well. And you know the producer hitting all the buttons, uh, Mr. Tanner Dawson, and of course, the elder statesman of the group, the one Mr. Only, Scott Cove. Scott, what is up? How are you guys doing, gentlemen? It is our second episode. Uh, I don't, you, you got, Mr. Oh, Sam's man. laugh is throwing me off already. <laughs> oh, Holy so great. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're I'm off sorry. the rails already. We'll get this together, folks, one day. But hey, folks, Let, we got, I mean, you got, got somebody playing cod in there. Yep, someone playing cod in your, in your house right now, man. Killing your man. <laughs> no, I don't have anybody playing anything right now. Nobody's on anything. Am I? Am I lagging? Uh, you were for am a little I, bit. You're fine now. You're good okay. now. Okay, good, good. I know it's just that Uh Anyway, we got a great show for you tonight. We got a couple guests coming on, but first, folks, we got some big fights coming up this weekend. That's right, UFC 289. Uh, you guys know I'm a huge fight fan. Uh, not only hey, there's been a lot of talk in the NBA finals about goats and things like that during this NBA uh, playoffs, but the goat of women's fighting returns this Saturday night. That is none other than the two time division, two time champ, 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 double champ. Amanda Nunez, that's right, the go of women's fight returns. She's putting her bantamweight title on the line on a short notice versus number five ranked Irene Aldana. These two ladies uh, are going to go at it for the bant women's bantamweight champion. That's the main event. But the fight that's a must-see fight is the co-main event, a chance for a uh, number one contender fight. You got Benil Dararouch, who's on a seven-fight winning streak. Uh, if he wins this fight, he's next. He's going to fight Islam. But he's taking on the former uh, lightweight, ch or lightweight champion other than Charles Dubronx Oliveira. Charles Dubronx has beat everybody in this damn division besides uh, his last time out. He lost to Islam, but he beat he's beaten the likes of Tony Ferguson. He beat the likes of Michael Chandler, beat the likes of um, Dustin Poirier, beat the likes of Justin Gaethje. He's beat them all. Now he's trying to get back to his title. He's got to go through a guy who's won seven in a row. This card is a little weak. In fact, I would tell you it's probably the weakest card that we've had on the year as far as pay-per-view. Uh, boys, you guys want me to give you some picks? Or do you want to ask? Talk about, let's talk about a little bit more about this Charles fight, dude. Hit me. That's an interesting one. So it, I'm going to pull it here, right? Sorry, Tanner. This is up in Canada. Is that right? Coming to you live from Vancouver, Canada, for the first time since 2018. Sorry. What? That long? Yes. So why why is such a delay? I mean, well, obviously COVID. Nobody was allowed to even go into Canada for like two years. Um, so that's yeah, that was, that's part of the reason. <laughs> it just seems a little 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 a little crazy, right? So, but let's let's talk about this Olivier fight, right? So here, figured it would upload quicker. But I'll bring up a graphic here talking about the tail of the tape. 
because that's always my favorite line right there, tail of the tape. Uh, you know, you get similar in age, similar in height, weight. I mean, the inches are only two two inches more for a liver a, a liver area. But Oliveira. I, I think it's in Oliveira. Oh my bad. <laughs> Look, I'm still trying to. I got this is yeah. the new thing, right? So now I got learning time with Jim for <laughs> NHL stuff, and now I got learning time with Botkins <laughs> on UFC. And I yeah, I used so. to follow it back when it was. And that's not good. Too. I'm not a great teacher. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. And now I'm I'm going downhill. So this is kind of new for me. So what makes who who's the favorite in this, Nick? So really, surprise, uh, Dariush is the favorite, and I think it's because he's got a seven-five winning streak. Uh, this fight is going to be real technical. I expect it. Scott, here's a bet for you. Expect it to go o- the over. Uh, I think the over is probably three. Keep going. Oh. Yep. The distance. Uh, even though Oliver, his last few fights, it's been he is kill or be killed. Uh, but I do think both of these guys are just – it's going to be a technical battle. I would probably take the over. Uh, I'd kind of favor the – the dog in this fight and Charles Oliveira. I've gone back and forth. I just think that Charles is so good off his back. Charles is a great, like technical wrestler on his back and submit you. He actually owns uh, the UFC records for submissions. So, Hey, mm. there's that. Benil can win on, on the ground as well. It's not, I don't think it's going to be a stand up and fight. I think both these guys are going to want to take this to the ground. Uh, I, somebody could get tapped, but I also do think because both guys are so good defensively. I would take the over on the rounds. It's, what about so, the Nunez fight? What, what do you think about that? Her come, coming back from a long layoff like this. So it's been almost a year. And I, guys, I, I can't t- believe the tweet you sent out. You think she's going to lose, bro? I do. Spoiler wow. alert. I do. Here's why. Here's why I'm taking and new. Amanda just doesn't seem like she wants it anymore. Sometimes when you've reached the pinnacle of things and then there's just not, she just seems to have different interests. She's a mom. She's married. Uh, she doesn't, she even talked about, I almost didn't want to come back after uh, she lost. So she lost the fight against uh, Amanda, Amanda uh, Pena against Pena. And right. then they ran it back uh, last year. She got that, got it back. And then she even said, I almost retired after I lost to Pena, but I didn't want her to be the champion. Uh, you know, sometimes that up and comer like Aldana is just more hungrier. She's longer and can throw. Uh, I think that her distance is going to cause her problems. So that's right, boys. I to, here's my upset special on this card. Oh, and the new baby Irene Aldana is your new women's bantamweight champion. And then what happens? Amanda Nunez puts the gloves in the center of the octagon and she rides off. She is there's nothing left for her to do. She has beat them all. She beat uh Ronda Rousey. She's beat Misha Tate. She's beat Holly Holm. Every great women's fighter has fought her and they've lost. Uh and sometimes you're just not in the game anymore. She's changed camps, she's starting a new gym. Uh, I just think so much on the outside world has bothered her, and I'm going to pick Aldana to win this fight. I just don't think it's Nunez has that in her anymore. It's hard to wake up and get punched in the mouth when you're waking up in satin sheets, folks. Uh, Nick, real quick here for Nunez here. The title bout was canceled again for that Pena rematch. Yeah, they were going to do it a third time. It was a third. Does that, it was be does the that have anything pool. to do with the motivation for Nunez going into this match? I 
I don't think I think she was probably more motivated for Pena because it was the third time. Uh, in this fight, if you notice, like it's not really being promoted that great because Amanda doesn't talk on the stick very much. She doesn't really care about doing all the presser and stuff like that. Aldana's, uh, you know, she does. She's Mexican, doesn't speak great English, so we're not getting that. Where uh, had Pena, she can spit on the mic. She can she can talk like Ric Flair and kind of promote a lot of things. So that's why also this card's a little weak, and you're not getting quite the buzz that we need uh, that we like to have for say said casuals. But uh, I I don't think she's that motivated, especially now with the new replacement now Donna. I I think it's and new. What, why do you think the cod is so weak going back to Canada for the first time in so long? You know, Scott, that's a good question. Nobody really knows why. They have loaded, and it's part of it because they've loaded. The front half of this year has been absolutely loaded. Like, cards have been stacked top to bottom. Uh, me and Johnny have been talking about car every month. I'm like, Johnny, this fight's incredible on these pay-per-views. Two through, one through five almost. Uh, then the next card. Next month's card is absolutely stacked. Uh, the card after that is International Fight Week. So an International Fight Week, that card's the biggest and best card of the year, the July card. Uh, they stack it from prelim all the way up to the main event uh, with huge names, huge numbers, fights that match for a reason. So because you're stacking, you stack the front end of the year, and now you got two cards after this absolutely stacked with great fights. This card leans into, meh, not that great. Should have they have put a little bit more of Canada, Canada flavor in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but it just doesn't have that pizzazz. In fact, to be honest, really, there's not very many even fights on this card that have ranked guys. Uh, but you get in the Charles Oliveira, Benil de Arouche, and that fight was actually supposed to happen last month, but uh, Oliveira got hurt, so they moved it back to this month. So it kind of beefed up this card a little. Uh, another fight. This fight, I'm, I'm telling you, here's my pick for fight of the night that I didn't mention. Dan Ige and Nate the Train Landwire. This fight, Johnny, you love two dudes who could just love to sit back and blow and take punches. That fight is going to be, it's going to deliver. It's going to be fireworks. Uh, Nate the Train is, he hits you, he takes two to get you one. Dan Ige, they call him Dan 50 Ige because he puts dudes' lights out. Uh, both of these guys can absolutely fight. Uh, it is a featherweight fight, 145, two young, two littler guys, but man, these two dudes can throw. I guarantee you this is going to be fight of the night. Somebody's probably going to sleep. If somebody survives this 15 minutes, they're both going to be bloody and bruised. Sign me up. And Dana White, hire me to be the damn promo guy, will you? And let's go, Nate the Train Landwire, baby. Yeah, you, you said it before I could ask. Which, which fight is going to be the fight that I'm going to want to watch where they're just going to go blow for blow? Uh, so, all right, so you're going with the with that fight there? Dan Ige and, and Nate the Train Landwire, baby. Uh, it's it's going to be – and they, listen to – if you guys just go back and listen to Nate the Train Landwire, there's just – the way he talks, boy, you know he's watching professional wrestling because he's cutting promos with the best of them. Uh, and those are dudes that I love to love to get behind. And he's a guy that you can get behind just the way he talks on the stick and the way he fights. Uh Jump on Nate the train, boy. Jump on the train, boys, and let's go. Looking forward to it, dude. Looking forward Look, I'm to actually, that I'm actually going to try doing this thing on. So yeah, bro, hit, hit up that fire stick, man. I, I put Bacchus on up on that, man. You get all the free pay per views, man. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that fight, bro. I, I don't know, man. I think I think Nunez is going to want to go out a champ, bro. Like she, like she might not have been motivated at first, but I think once you start, you know. The training and getting ready for the fight. I think she, you know, that the 
the champion her is going to come out, man. I think she's going to defend her title. And then I think she can just go ahead and just call it a career right there unless they give her enough money to wind up doing the third one against Pena. But otherwise, yeah, but you, I don't – I don't. I mean, she a champ, bro. She ain't going to want to go out like do, that, bro. Do you, do you think she's going to want to end her – finish her career if she wins this fight? Don't you think that there must be something else out there for her? I There's no – I think she just wants to start a family. Like she brings her yeah. wife and her kid uh, to the to the octagon. They do a nice family thing. Her wife was a fighter. She's no longer fighting anymore. Uh, I think she just wants to go about her business. Like I said, she's not like you know a, a Connor or somebody. And she could have been promoted mm -hmm. like a Connor because yeah, she is a right. double champ. She's she's a one forty. She's one forty five champ women's champ and the 135 women's champ so like she is really the only women's double champ champ uh and those don't come around very often she's special like i said she's cleaned the house but she's not a household name to a lot of people because she just doesn't get out there she doesn't talk much she doesn't do a lot of media she just kicks ass in the octagon handles her business and goes home and i think she just wants it to be all done and over with i do think if she wins i'm not too sure if she does retire scott just because Dana is a big don't leave shit vacant type guy. Like yeah. he does, he hates when champs retire and leaves the belt vacant. So he'd rather actually have Aldana win and then see Nunez retire, which I think is going to happen. I'm going the I other like way, it. man. I'm going with the champ. I'm going to go with All the right. champ champ as well. Yeah. And, I think champ I, champ I, should I, be I, the I, official I, term. I, I think champ. she puts homegirl to sleep too. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Do you think it's a quick one? No, I think it'll go at least three rounds, but I think she puts her out. I think she knocks her out. She don't like want to go out. Yeah, she wants to go out as a champ. And then if worst case scenario, like like Nick said, if Dana's going to throw enough money at her where she'll take the third fight with Pena, and then whatever happens, happens. But, you know what I'm saying, you, when you're a champ like that, you want to you wanna end it as a champ. You don't want to go out as, you know what I'm saying, you don't want your last fight to be a loss. You know what I'm saying? So well, I, I think she, she may not have been motivated from jump, but I think she's going to, once she gets into that octagon, she, yeah. You know what I'm saying? All her instincts are going to kick in, and she, she's, she's, she's badass, bro. So I'm looking forward uh, to it, man. That's going to be a good fight. Let's the comments here before we transition here to our first guest of the night. Uh, right. Jigam Porto, interesting. How you doing? What so are you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Bottom line sports, what's up, Scott? This is Flo. For the hardcore MMA fans, how big of a letdown is the fact that Pena had to drop out or is this considered a better fight? I, I think this is actually considered a better fight. I was a little surprised they gave Pena the, the third match because the first match was a fun fight and Pena just, I mean, just put her in a dog fight and won. Uh, but the last fight, it just, I mean, it was five rounds of just Amanda just playing with her just and just really down, beating bro. her up. And you just that knew like, abused, bro. I mean, just abused her bad. And it was just like, Pena didn't feel like she could do anything. And then Pena, this is how, this is what I mean about Pena. She, she can convince you she's on, you know, doing interviews with Ariel Hawani and she, she's like, you guys, that fight was closer than what a lot of people think. I had her in this. I'm like, we must have been watching two different fights because the fight I watched, she watched your ass from round one to five rounds, and everybody was just crediting you that like you were tough because she was tough. But Amanda just felt like it felt like the cat messing with the mouse and just messing with it and messing with it and just wouldn't eat it, and that's what that fight was for five rounds. 
Before we get to our guests, I want to make my pick on the Charles Air of, uh, Oliveira Benil Darius fight. I have gone back and forth on this uh, the whole time. Give me Charles blonde head Oliveira. When he's got the blonde head, he's a different dude. He's gonna get the belt. He's going back to fight Islam. Give me Charles, baby, in another upset. So I got the two. I got three dogs on this card. I got Nate, who's an all a dog. I got Benil as uh, Charles, who's a dog, and I got Irene as a dog. So that's gonna give a nice parlay. They probably ain't three gonna hit Scott, but I would take the over rounds on the the co-main, and I would put money on Irene to beat uh, Amanda. Mm. It, it's a uh, plus two fifty, Scott. Mm. I like plus two fifty. That's about my alley. So, hopefully it hits. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put money on it. I'm not gonna lie. I'll, I'll probably put well, that parlay together. Yeah, but I'll put it together too. I like it. Yeah. All right, let's get to our next guest. Let's, uh, let's get our oh, ad yeah. really real quick. Uh, Go ahead, Sean. I thought we were doing that after our guest. We're going to work oh, out. Always before, dude. I know you weren't here the first show, but you're very long. But you know, this is that's how we do things. <laughs> hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am type of guy. You know that. <laughs> guys, uh, make sure you guys download the Underdog app or use or go to Underdog's website. Use promo code LTS for matching deposit up to $100. So you put 100 in, you get 100 you put 50 in, you get 50 And it's, it's a great little app there. It's great for best ball. I used it all throughout my uh, last year's shows I did for fantasy football. I ended up walking away positive. And you can do three-man matches, slow drafts, so you can uh, you go throughout for you, through a few days' worth. Uh, or you can do the quick drafts that I like to do, three-man, five-man, ten-man, twelve-man. Uh, so I did all sorts of things on there. And I, I loved Underdog. So I got I still have my phone. I'm ready to get back at it for it. So that's our uh, <laughs> Underdog app for hour one there. Here you go, people. All right. Hey, let's go ahead and let's uh, get ready. We're about to bring on – I don't want to say a man, but a middle young man, young man, the young man, no, 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 young man, future star, future star, future star, a man who whose teams got my quarterback, Scott Cobes, great grandson, the one and only Jude Jets, yeah, what's up, Hey, Grandpa Scott, uh, it says hello. And Jude, you got to be flying high right now. Uh, the Jets look pretty damn good. Aaron Rodgers is showing up to mini camp. I couldn't tell you as a Packers fan the last time he showed up and did through balls in May and June. Uh, and by God, I saw some of them highlights and they look pretty. Oh yeah, you know, and you know, you mentioned him showing up to these OTAs and whatnot. It kind of caught me by surprise, just because he hasn't shown up to them with the Packers for you know the past two years now. And in the introductory press conference, that he said, "I'm gonna try to be here and during the spring as much as possible." I was like, well, "Okay, I'll take that any day of the week." So I was like, "That's exciting," and I guess it just shows, you know, New York, New Aaron Rodgers, whatnot, which is you know honestly what we could have hoped for. You know, Aaron Rodgers with that chip on the shoulders, the best kind of Aaron Rodgers. So. Got to be excited having that in the building, Judy. To me, he's embraced the embraced New York. Like he's out there every every. He's been to Yankee games. We've seen him at Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, Knicks, Rangers. Like he's kind of embraced it. He was at Taylor Swift concert, <laughs> and he, him and Ross, man, him he and Sauce, uh, showing up the weed signs together. You know, they're maybe they're doing a little ayahuasca. Uh, him and Sauce together, like. 
I mean, he is buying in and, and having a lot of fun with those uh, with that teammates. What's the real real expectations for you? What do you think of this Jets team? Well, you know, this is a very talented Jets team, and the team that went seven and ten last year without no real quarterback. Like last season, we might have had good QB play for four games out of the year. Like it was very rare we saw a quarterback play good for us last year, and really for the past few years now. So now that we get Aaron Rodgers on this team. On a team that won seven games last year, a team that has a fantastic defense, the expectations have to be high, and especially with the offense the Jets have with a potential superstar in Garrett Wilson, someone that continues to get talked about all this offseason. Brees Hall running back that, you know, who knows how the ACL is going to affect him, but someone that looked like he could win offensive rookie of the year before he, of course, tore that ACL. Um, but with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you basically add a good Hall of Fame quarterback to a top five defense team. And I mean, you could only hope the best could happen. Definitely expecting playoffs. I'm thinking anywhere from 10 to 12 wins. Um, but as long as we get into the playoffs and could potentially make a run, that's, you know, kind of what I'm feeling here and what my expectations for this team are. Yeah. Hey Jude, uh, I was curious. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You guys going to go? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah. It's my time. It's my time. It's my time to talk. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So, Go ahead. Uh, uh, so uh, I've always uh, we drafted had uh, had Corey Davis. Holy shit! Your time's up now. Wow. <laughs> Somebody mute him. Anyway, so we had Corey Davis at one time on my team, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out. But I always uh, was very fond of him. Do you think Aaron Rodgers being on that team makes Corey Davis's numbers go up? Anyway, stop shaking your head, Nick. I'm asking him. Okay. <laughs> Well, Corey Davis, like his first year with the team, 2021, he wasn't terrible. I think he had like 500-something yards, and he only played in nine games or something like that. And he played with Zach Wilson when Zach Wilson was doing – I mean, Zach Wilson wasn't good during his rookie year. Don't get you know, don't get that twisted. But the end of the season, Zach Wilson was very different than the beginning of the year, Zach Wilson. And Corey Davis is putting up pretty good numbers with that. And he didn't play with Mike White at all or – you know, even Joe Flacco in the few games he played that year, you know, he never really played with good QB play in 2021, which was, you know, the year after he had his productive year with the Titans, almost having 1,000 yards. And then this past year, he kept on dealing with injuries, and the quarterback play got a lot worse. I'm, you know, thinking that the numbers could be good. A lot of people are saying McCall Hardman's going to be the wide receiver three for the Jets this year, but I'm not really buying that. I'm thinking Corey Davis is going to be that third guy in the offense. And, you know, maybe he could beat out Alan Lazar for a spot. I don't really think so. Rumor has it that he's going to be taking a pay cut pretty soon. I think he could probably have somewhere around 600 yards this upcoming year with Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback, of course, assuming he stays healthy because he had, you know, very good yards per catch last year. Every time he would catch the ball, it would be for a first down. He would get a lot of yards after catch. He just had those injury problems and no real stable QB play. So, you know, it's kind of hard to judge Corey Davis just because of those injuries. But if he could stay healthy, I'm thinking he has a pretty productive year as the Jets wide receiver three. Put up stats that you would expect from any wide receiver three. Jude, I was surprised that uh, Bob Sala kind of come out and said, hey, we're not interested in D-Hop. And I about wanted to slap – I about wanted to reach to the screen and slap him in his mouth because I don't know how anybody could say that, A, D-Hop, you don't want D-Hop, and, two, D-Hop's a wide receiver too. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel like anybody that says that should be – I mean, how, why not just cut a check to D-Hop? D-Hop, 
Come at me, bro. Wilson and everybody else, like that, you already pushed your chips in the middle of the table. Like, why not just add the cherry in the top with D Hop? Like D Hop and Aaron Rodgers. That's to me, that's better than Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins with Aaron Rodgers in an offense where he could have been the number two, depending on how Garrett Wilson developed. I mean, that was going to be absolutely insane. Of course, it's not going to happen because Salah and, you know, the Jets basically confirmed we're not going after DeAndre Hopkins. But, I mean, they definitely should have been interested. I mean, he's better than any receiver on our roster. He's super proven in the NFL. Any team's going to be lucky to get DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, I'm just kind of like wasn't expecting the Jets to go after him because that's not really what we do. They were going after OBJ. OBJ literally called them and said, hey, if you match the Baltimore Ravens offer, I'll play with you guys instead. They're like, that's too much money. So why wouldn't they not go? Uh, would you rather have D-Hop or OBJ? Because I sure as shit D-Hop. would rather have OB, uh, D-Hop. Yeah. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. In the same boat with you. I mean, D-Hop is much different than Odo Beckham Jr. Because Odo really hasn't produced since 2019. Like That was his last 1,000-yard season. He didn't even play last year. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was great last year. He only played in, what, nine games? Was suspended for six. Missed hey, last can, two can, can you say that last part again? He was what last year? Uh, great oh, last year. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thanks. Okay. Okay. But he had, like, 717 yards, three touchdowns. With back of quarterback in nine, in nine games. Right. Nine games. Kyler back Murray is quarterback. quarterback you know, Not taking the bait, boys. But, you know, he was great, and I honestly don't know why the New York Jets aren't interested in DeAndre Hopkins because, of course, we were interested in Odo Beckham Jr., and we were going to sign OBJ into the Ravens offering him $15 million guaranteed. So, you know, I really don't know why we're not interested in DeAndre Hopkins. It must be some type of character issue or all these concerns, you know, all these reports coming out saying DeAndre Hopkins is a little difficult to work with and whatnot, and maybe the New York Jets just don't want that going around the organization. But, you know, I really don't know. Go ahead, Scott. There is a a rumor I read before my show earlier tonight that there's a source inside the Jets organization saying they are going to try to get Mike Evans from Tampa Bay. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, bring us Mike Evans. That would be absolutely (laughs) huge. Someone that's never finished with under 1,000 yards his entire career. He's definition of consistent and if you can add a consistent wide receiver to this offense with of course Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback I mean all my good things are going to come out from that so I don't want him I don't want him in the division keep him out Evans? of the division I don't want either one of them in the division to be quite honest you know what I'm saying but, but that but that when you mentioned that on the show earlier Sky and check out the Scott Cove show on let's talk sports people um, yeah if they're gonna go after Chris Evans, then don't tell me that you won't take DeAndre Hopkins. So don't worry, Jude. That could all be coach speak, bro. So don't don't stress yep. Salah yep. saying that they're not going after him. Love but um, I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna make everybody better. I mentioned before, you know, before the trade happened, that if he came in with a chip on his shoulder to OTAs and all that, that I would be worried about it. So you know, congratulations to you on that. Um, what's the word on Brees Hall? Is he gonna come back? You know, what I'm saying. Where's his status at right now? Is he going to be ready for for week one? What's the word on Brees Hall? Because he he was special, bro. He he's a special back. Uh, it was unfortunate he got hurt, but I'm looking forward to to seeing him hopefully make a a full recovery. Even though he's in my division, it's all good. Well, you know, all the reports we're hearing is that Brees Hall he's a head of schedule with the ACL recovery, and he should be back by week one. 
Um, he's, they said he's probably not going to participate much in training camp, definitely not anything in preseason, but they say he should be ready for week one. And whether or not he's ready for week one, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. But it sounds like he's going to be healthy for the beginning of the year. Might not be 100% week one, but by probably week three, we should see Brees Hall 100% healthy. And, you know, with, you know, Brees Hall's injury, it could lead to the New Yorkers maybe even signing Dalvin Cook because, you know, that's been Stop. crazy rumors going on. Like, all the time, I've, everyone's saying Dalvin Cook, and, I mean, I'll take Dalvin Cook as well. But, you know, it would just be crazy, you know, because if, if we do sign Dalvin Cook, that probably means something about Brees Hall not being – a hundred percent, and you know, if we're legitimately interested, that could be a reason to why Brees Hall might not be healthy. But you know, who, knows? who is the who is the backup, Jude? Because is it still Carter? It's right. still, Michael still, Carter. It's yeah. still Michael Carter. We did draft Israel out of Canada this year, and we do have Bam Knight, which a lot of people are high on. I'm not so high on Bam Knight, but Michael Carter, Israel out of Canada, Bam Knight are the you know three guys I guess in competition for that backup job. Jude, I want to flip to the other side of the football here real quick. Uh, the defensive tackle, his name's evaded me. Uh, Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams. Thanks, Johnny. Quentin Williams coming up on a contract year. How close? That's a guy they got to extend because he is an absolute stud and dog uh, out there. Like, where where can where are they at during contract negotiations? Because this kid is he's I mean top could be a top defensive lineman in the league, and he's probably top five right now in my eyes. I mean, 100% top five. He was a yeah, first-team All-Pro last year, a Pro Bowler, had 10-plus sacks. I mean, the dude was a stud last year for the Jets. And last we've heard of this contract discussions is that the Jets and Quinn Williams aren't, you know, too far apart. You know, they're not really as – well, they're, they've been, they're definitely closer than they were in the past. But the hold-up isn't money. It's how long the contract's going to be. You know, the rumor is that the Jets want to sign him to, like, a five-year deal, but Quinn Williams wants it shorter than that something like a four and everyone's saying four-year deal could even be a three-year deal i'm thinking Quentin williams is thinking he's going to improve his play within the next three years and then he could potentially be better than he is right now and earn himself a much larger contract get paid somewhere in the aaron donald range or maybe even in the future because you know player salaries keep on increasing year by year you know Corey davis we signed in 2021 to be our wide receiver number one paid him 11 million a year and now players are you know getting paid 11 million a year to be wide receiver twos on teams you know it just salaries keep on increasing in the nfl and i'm thinking Quentin williams is saying i could sign a five-year deal and in five years i could be the best even tackle in the game but but yeah. be getting paid like the eighth best player. Or he's thinking I could sign a short year deal, and then whenever it's time, I could be the best even tackle in the league and get paid like that. And that's what I'm thinking Quentin Williams is coming from. That's kind of his perspective right here. Um, but that's kind of where we're heading. Salah did say that a deal should be done before training camp. It's Quentin Williams is going to be at training camp. Salah said that, not an if, not a but. He said he will be at training camp. So definitely expecting a deal done before then. And I've always said throughout this entire negotiation process during this entire offseason, I just always had a gut feeling it was going to get done during June. And it's June, so any time this month, I would probably expect it to get done. Jude, uh, a couple of comments for you. Bottom line sports flow out here says, so are they for sure hanging on to Zach Wilson long term? What's your thoughts there? Because he's still technically number two and Tim Boyle and Chris Trevler there, right? You know, three, four behind them, so. I mean, it, they're definitely committed to Zach Wilson. I always thought this entire offseason we wouldn't go after a younger quarterback option because we believe in Zach Wilson. And 
I mean, of course, Aaron Rodgers is always the number one guy from the start, just because, you know, why wouldn't you want to pursue Aaron Rodgers? But I think they're really committed to Zach Wilson. They really want him to turn out. And I honestly believe he's their plan at quarterback once Aaron Rodgers retires. So he should be here for the long time. If Rodgers is here for, you know, the next two years and Wilson's contract is up, I definitely expect the New York Jets to resign him. I just feel like they're committed to growing Zach Wilson as a player, hoping he could, you know, have a career resurgence like Alex Smith had, something like that. I mean, his first two years definitely weren't pretty, but, you know, anything's possible in the NFL. I don't know how he's going to come back and have an Alex Smith resurgence, but, you know, you never know. You never know. Bobby G out here. What's up, Bobby? Thanks for joining us. says, according to Adam Scheffler, <laughs> the Jets are installing dispensary inside Giant Stadium in the practice facility to accommodate their new QB. <laughs> and I told you him and him and Sauce are hanging out together. Hey, you know they have a they have a beer tank in the bottom of Philadelphia. This is just what New York has at the bottom of theirs, right? <laughs> what in, what in your mind, Jude, is the floor for the Jets and the ceiling for the Jets this year? Well, the floor the floor is you know it could range all over because if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or if Aaron Rodgers just really isn't that good next season, he is. Hey, Jude, Jude, you might as well hurt. Possibly that could happen because that could happen to anybody. Bad, yeah. absolutely not. Nah, he's gonna ball, bro. He's gonna ball out. You're right. You're about to see, boys. Mark this word. Whatever. What's today? June eighth, yeah. two thousand and twenty-three. Aaron Rodgers is my MVP pick right now. Scorched earth, Aaron Rodgers. There's nothing better. He was pissed off two years ago when they drafted Jordan Love, and what he do? He won back-to-back MVPs. Now he's even more pissed off, and so what's he gonna do? And he's got better talent around him. He's gonna it. Aaron Rodgers MVP. Did, he has wide receivers. He has a tight end. He has running game. What in a defense? All in one. Just got handed all the team. One. He just got handed a great team. That's what. Yeah. That's what just happened. That's what just happened. Yeah. After, after what he no, put up Jude, last I, I, Don't worry about him playing bad. I, I don't think that's happening at all. Injuries could always happen. I, all right. I, I, I agree with Nick on that, man. He's going to ball out, man. As long as he can stay healthy, Agreed. you're going to see the best quarterback play you've ever seen as a Jeff fan, bro. bro. Oh, right. yeah. So finish your, yeah. Finish your uh, base. Sorry, dude. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> oh, no, man. I mean, I completely agree with you right there. You know, pissed Aaron Rodgers is the best Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, dude, you're not old enough to say pissed. Matt Aaron Rodgers, you know, is the best Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, with that, with, you know, everything he's done in the past with the chip on his shoulder, you know, you're obviously expecting him to be great. And with the team he has around him, I mean, the, the not the floor, but ceiling probably, I mean, it's Super Bowl. I feel like that definitely is a ceiling with a chip shoulder Aaron Rodgers with a defense that was top five in the NFL last year. I mean, your expectations can go as high as the Super Bowl. But your floor, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, you're looking at Zach Wilson as a QB. And, I mean, Zach Wilson, you know, with Zach Wilson, I don't think he's going to have a career resurgence in one all season. I mean, that's a team with Zach Wilson led that's probably going to win five games, you know. Even with the talent we have, Zach Wilson's just not a quarterback that's going to lead you. Tim Boyle's not a quarterback that's going to lead you. Chris Trevler's not a QB that's going to lead you. So if Rodgers gets hurt, this team's not making the playoffs. You know, the defense could have a fall off. You know, this team, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But as a floor with the healthy Rodgers, I'm thinking seventh seed in the playoffs, eighth, you know, seventh seed, maybe an eighth seed, you know, just because we don't know what's going to happen, how the rest of the AFC plays. But, you know, I'm thinking the ceiling, Super Bowl, floor, seventh or eighth best team in the AFC. 
I agree. Jude, uh, get those plugs in real quick. Where can everybody catch your contact out? Contact out. Con- well, well, my social media is right here. That's Jude weird. underscore Jets. And the YouTube channel is the Jude Jets Show, of course, on YouTube. Um, but thank you guys so much for having me on. Jude, I got one last question oh, oh, oh. Before, before you get out of here. What did Grandpa Scott Cope get you for Christmas? And uh, give him, go ahead and tell him what you want for Christmas this year. A Super Bowl. Hey, no. I, do, I, do, I do think it's unfair that you're serving Grand, uh, Grandpa Scott Cobe uh, a sweep of his uh, Patriots. I think that's. Really <laughs> I think that's very nice. Hey, uh, I do want to finish out these. Need to give us one. That's right. I want to finish out these last comments here from these guys here. Uh, he goes, I know you all got Aaron, but you start out with the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. <laughs> I could see you start out one three. I could see it two, two and two. Two and two, I think. I think, yeah. I think you beat the Bills or Cowboys and, of course, the Patriots. So, um, Aaron Rodgers, MVP, LOL. Did you watch last season? He'll have a good year by MVP. Remember, this Green Bay team flow last year uh, had a chance to go to the playoffs because of the play of Aaron Rodgers in that in that horrendous offense and defense. So, Very true. You remember what Aaron Rodgers did with it? I watched every team. play. I watched every play and never once did I ever think Aaron Rodgers' play dropped off. It was yeah. the offensive line was horrible. He didn't mesh well with the receivers. This guy, you guys, I, yeah, you can laugh yeah, at my hey, laugh at me now, July tw- June twenty eighth. But I'll be laughing. I'll be laughing uh, in May or in December, baby. I'll be I'll laughing be at you, dude. Jets missed the playoffs. Book it. Wow. There. wow. And then bottom uh, flows out here. Bottom line sports says Bobby G would bet they missed the playoffs before I bet Aaron got to get MVP. Bobby <laughs> G is Bobby trolling right now. I love yes. it. Dude. Yes, he is. And then flows like I'll, I'll come looking for you. I can't hey. wait. Man. Hey, all, you can find me right here, baby, <laughs> yeah. on the Left Fox Sports Show every <laughs> Monday, Thursday, and Sunday morning. I'll be here screaming in this microphone. You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. You hear? Exactly, baby. You tell him hell's coming. Jew Jets is coming with me and Mr. First Down, baby. Give it up for the one and only Jew Jets, everybody. Jew, thank you so much. Wait, wait. I got something for Jude real quick. Oh, shit. I've been trying to get in. Tanner, I've been giving the guy a great outro five times already. You're not reading the script. Mercy, dude. It's not on the script, Tanner. It's not on the script you sent me. Well, it is, actually. But I wanted to ask him. Uh, I know you follow XFL a little bit. Uh, at least you did really closely. Maybe still a bit, right? I wanted to ask you, there's some high-level cuts made, some guys that lost their jobs. Is this going to be something, just a development of the league to stay in, or is this uh, something big that maybe we got to watch for for another fold? Of the XFL? I mean, the year, I mean, with Rock is the uh, owner with uh, – yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, the co-owner, all this. I mean, it seems like the league is in stable hands. And the league in 2020 was going to last. I mean, it was going great. Ratings are great. They are making money. They just had a fold because of COVID. And that really plummeted them. And, you know, there's been a lot of players going from the XFL to the NFL. I mean, it clearly worked. A lot of players are landing roster spots, tryouts, just getting their names out to NFL teams putting their tape back out there. I mean, it definitely worked. And it's something that I think should continue to happen because, you know, I mean, I'm not really sure what the ratings and everything look like, but I know a lot of people were watching the XFL. A lot of people were engaged to it. And, you know, clearly right. NFL teams were paying attention to it as well, signing players and whatnot, asking them mm-hmm. to trial for their teams. And even it's like June 8th, the championship was 
early May. You know, players are from the XFL are still getting worked out by NFL teams. So the effect the XFL had was there. And I definitely feel like it's going to last, or at least one of these spring leagues are going to last. Because you still have the USFL going on. I think the USFL is having better TV ratings or whatnot. But either way, I feel like one of these spring leagues are definitely going to last. Maybe you see the two combine into one big league. I think that would be pretty interesting. That would be cool. Either way, I feel like one of these spring leagues are definitely going to last. And if I had to pick, it would be the XFL. I think if you continue to have names that are known, like Ben Ducci, right, or these backups. AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron was their MVP, baby. AJ McCarron, right? Having these names that are known in the NFL for some reason or other, I think you're continuing to build it. I don't think they're going to fall through. I think they're just making adjustments. But this might be a good sign like, hey, we're not folding, but yet we're still making adjustments to the league. So, which is better than what it was before where it just folded, right? So, after a couple games. And you're also seeing players, like I know in the USFL, because last year it happened, players that didn't get signed by NFL teams are coming back to the USFL right. trying to get mm-hmm. their name back out there again. Or maybe they just realized NFL is not a dream for me anymore. I'm going to continue to play in the USFL. Just make like – because they're making a, you know, 60, <clears throat> 70K a year playing football for like two months. So, I mean, exactly. It's a perfect job for them. So, you know, you can just go play football for two months, get 60K, and you could do that once a year. And honestly, I feel like the XFL could start to grow like, you know, star players, players, you know, the league can get more familiarity with players. The players are just coming back, grabbing the checks and going. More consistency, right? Right. More consistency. You know, you start to get more familiar with players and then other NFL players, fringe NFL players are going to realize, you know, instead of being jobless, get in trials from teams every now and then I can go to the XFL Continue to make and money, put my name back out more. You know exactly. Like and then Kill Harry, who knows if he's going to get signed by an NFL team, but he might realize XFL, USFL, that's a shot for me. Put my name back out there and just play football again and make some solid money. I mean, it's definitely just going to keep on growing. If they can spend their money right, the whole nine yards. If they don't fall, fold. Then I mean, we can see spring leagues still here in ten years. Hey, that's awesome, man. I just want to get your thoughts here before I let you go. I appreciate you. Jude Jets, everybody. Make sure you follow the Thanks. 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 Thank you, bro. Be safe, man. Thank you, man. See you, man. All right. Take care. I, I thought the XFL was optional, Tanner. That's that's my bad. Well, I wanted it. I had a couple things for it. That's why. No, oh, the blue highlight. I, I, I think the NFL, the, the, NFL, the NFL wanted to succeed. <laughs> The NFL is going to want it to succeed because it's a it's a developmental league, basically. Yeah. Without them having to pay for it, right? Yeah, is that, they, the, right. is that not the USFL? They seemed kind of hand in hand at one time, didn't they? No, the well, XFL and the know. NFL are partnered together. Right? They're right. going to try. Oh, okay. It's going to be like the minor leagues. They're going to try shit they, that they want to do in the NFL uh, in the NX, XFL. It, 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 NXT, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, NXT. Real, real, let's finish out comments here. Uh, bottom line, Flo says, come on my show and eat crow. <laughs> Let's do it, Bobby G. <laughs> the Jets ain't beating the Cowboys. Bobby G does not hide. He's a Browns fan, so he's he's used to not hiding uh, yeah. in the paper bags. Yeah, so everybody sees the, uh, the sad Browns face. Yeah. Flo, Flo wants to know from bottom line sports, what do you all mm. think of the new fair catch rule during the It's kickoff? horrible. It's horrible. It's I'm horrendous. with Andy Reid. I'm with yeah, Andy Reid. Stop it. it. We yeah, we stop. talked about it, I think, on a previous show, didn't we, Tanner? Uh, I don't remember yeah, which got, show. Uh, uh, it was uh, one of our collab shows. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that, and it's, no, I don't think anybody likes it. I mean, you know, no. that's that's the thing. Players don't. 
Coaches don't. You know, coaches don't really. It's right up there with. I mean, you take taking jobs away. You take jobs away from returners. I mean, yep. just start. Just start it. Everybody, just start at the twenty-five yard line. If that's what you're gonna do, if yeah, you're so to take the kick off about the safety, then just take it out and just let everybody start at the twenty. Within the next so, five years, the kickoff's gonna be, be gone. But I agree. I mean, we, we mentioned it. You know, saying Devin Hester. You know, saying one of the greatest return. I mean, that that's what he did. Was a returner, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So yep. I don't know, man. That's, well, that's an exciting. I said this I said this on the other day. I said the NFL is just lies. Like they just like lying to us because then they play us for dummies. Like, hey, yeah. we're about player safety. No, yeah, just added another game. You're letting right. them flex Thursday night games. You're you're doing all this stuff that tells me you're not really about player safety. You're about what greases the pockets. But you got to say you're about player safety. So now we're like, well, well, what can we do? We'll get rid of the kickoffs because that's where it seems where all the concussions happen. But, you know, and then you got people down on LSU putting air conditionings in their helmets and things like that. So, like, who's really about player safety, you know? So uh, they don't really – they don't they don't care. I was so switching out. Seven, I was going to say, so we got seven minutes left before the second hour starts of the show. And I, I actually had one thing for you that I was able to get through to Jude on the whole Odell Beckham D-hop. Do you think – Odell felt more pressure knowing that D Hop was going to get released at some point, and that would have hurt his market even more. If he, yeah. if Odell mm-hmm. never got signed beforehand, if D Hop got released, all of a sudden D Hop's one, Odell's back to two at the time. I don't think there was pressure on Odell's part. I think he, no, you, you don't think like closer we got after the draft, knowing that or around the draft, knowing that D Hop hasn't been traded yet. Like this guy's gonna get released. So I mean, if you're saying like he was a free, didn't sign on draft day, are you saying he didn't sign on draft day and he was still free agency? He would be the number two choice and D Hop. Yeah. So like if D Hop got released, right? When D Hop got released, if it's currently D Hop and Odell sitting in your 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 wheelhouse for free agency, obviously that hurts Odell's money more than D Hop's money because then Odell goes down a notch. And I think I think that's where the Ravens came into play, where they were desperate trying to get that Lamar deal done. And they're like, hey, you know, we'll pay you Odell. You know, you're a big name. D Hop, we don't know about D Hop situation yet because the draft's coming up. You know, let's let's just do it. And Odell's like, you know what? I gotta get it done because I know that when this happens, his agent's talking to him about money. When this happens, I'm hurting. I'm gonna be hurting. I'm not gonna get what I what I what I might get elsewhere. So I don't know. I just I mean that, I just that's a fair point. I don't know if Odell Beckham was actually thinking that far ahead to actually I, I've been his agent once. Well, yeah, yeah po- possibly. I mean, like I said, that's that's a good that's a good point. So, I mean, yeah, take advantage of the opportunity while you have it, and hurry up and sign and get your fifteen mm-hmm. mil. Um, we'll see how happy he is about that decision in in week five and six when uh when Lamar can't hit him over the middle wide open. <laughs> hey, do, do don't hate actually, on Lamar. Do, do I'm do not hating actually, on Lamar. I'm just stating facts, bro. Do we actually oh. think that anybody but Baltimore was in the running to sign him? Because he I called do. the Jets, and the Jets said. See you later, buddy. Jets were out of the money, but I I feel Baltimore for sure was, you know, definitely the ones talking about it. But I feel like there was a couple other teams that aren't named that are that were in the running. Because who 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 else? But they weren't going to pay the years or the money that Odell wanted. No way. Who else do you think wanted them? I'd probably go West Coast on it. I I I still Mm. think I I think at the time Keenan was still questionable so i think the chargers were in the range i think the raiders called and i Makes think the sense. broncos called so mm-hmm. i mean these are all teams that are looking to to enhance themselves uh, in the in that kind of receiving aspect 
So I, I, I just, I just think a couple AFC or three AFC West teams just to get the elite, another elite receiver, uh, and you know, possibly even another couple of NFC teams. So I wouldn't be surprised if Falcons even called them at, at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Bro, oh, Dale, I, I think it, the Rams were in play at one point. It was talk of maybe yep. a reunion there. It was the Ravens because him and Lamar. It was – I think the Jets were very close, obviously. Like, I mean, he won – like, I think the Jets oh. – Every if you yeah. listen to everybody – I'm aware. Uh, the uh, If you listen to everybody, they the Jets thought D-Hot or Odell, like the they damn near had the jersey printed for him. Like, it just yeah. hadn't – they just hadn't sent him the contract pretty much for him to, to, to sign. And Baltimore came in like at the 11th hour pretty much and said, Hey, this is the money we're willing to, to give you. And he said, okay. And, you know, like, so what would that, what did that with Odell being signed where he was and then D hop being released the time or frame where he was, maybe that's why the jets are like, Hey, we made a move. We got me We got another speed back. We already made all these moves and receivers. Like we're not going to go after another, you know, elite receiver and pay another receiver because that again, Odell was before the draft Hopkins came out to the draft. And maybe that's why the jets aren't interested because they're like, Hey, we already made our move. We got, we got Hardman who we, you know, another speed back and we got our set. I, I, I think we're good. I, I want to say something about Corey, Mr. Uh, Sam's Corey Davis. I don't think Corey Davis is going to make it past training camp. I, I think, whoa. I was I just curious to what he thought. I, I don't know about like, how I think I feel about him. Cap casualty. I mean, they, what? Where's he going to play? He can take behind him though. Like, Charles is his money? Is his money guaranteed? I have no idea. I if his money ain't contracts guaranteed, don't mean nothing it, in the in the. I know, but I'm just saying. Johnny, if, you know, if it, I'm just saying, if, they, if they if they cut him and they're going to have five million dollars of dead cap, they're not going to want to just waste five million dollars. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But yeah, no, you're right. I hope, my whole thing is you don't pass up on a great player because you got good players. So. I'm not gonna not get D Hop because I got Miko Hartman. Not Look, for nothing. Just yeah, well, no. Miko Hart. Miko. Well, we can't get D Hop because we got Miko. That's the dumbest thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying, though, Tanner. That they they got their room kind of fooled. Yeah, you know like they so already they, did their good, time, right? But if you got a chance to get D Hop, bro, you go get D Hop, bro. If I got to yeah, cut Corey Dillon and you know and somebody else or whoever, I wonder if Hart even. I wonder if Hart even makes the Jets. To be honest with you. What? Could he possibly get cut? He's, he's on short money deal. He, he's Who? not making Who? a ton of money. Who? Hardman. I don't think I, I think he makes it. I, Corey Davis. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so you're looking at six receivers, possibly keeping six receivers, right, for the Jets. Corey Davis would be your sixth receiver. In yes. There. Everybody yes. else behind there, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Okay? Just I think Corey Davis is safe. Unless, I don't know. Eric can make these guys come out and blow it up. I, I would be surprised if he gets cut. He, he'll be on the bubble. He'll be one of those last preseason game guys to well, try and, to secure a job, and I think he'll secure one. To be fair, they were talking about cutting him already to make room for Rodgers, make cap space. Yeah. So right. that, that was right. like a large conversation was like, hey, you're going to cut him? It was That's why I don't think he's on the roster, Sam, opening yeah. week one. I think he's someplace I, else. He might be back in Tennessee with you. I'd say Tennessee. I, 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 I don't think you are one, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Vrabel was not very pleased with uh, <laughs> Mr. Davis, so I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> nah, well, you, you would call him a wide receiver one while you're calling D-Hop wide receiver two. But uh, certainly nonetheless, wouldn't. Certainly let's, wouldn't. Uh, 
Hey, let's let's shift gears here. Uh, last no re- night, no retort for me. That's fine. Hey, save okay. it for Sunday, buddy. Uh, I won't be on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> scum. You're all scum. <laughs> let's shift gears. Last night, we game three of the NBA Finals, 30, 20, and ten from Joker. Uh, I mean, then he got help from uh, Murray. Another, he had 30, 10, and 10. The first two teammates to have triple doubles in, in a play in the NBA finals. Uh, I think the first two teammates, I, I thought they said in the history of the NBA, history. in the 30, 30, 30 point, 30 point, triple, two 30 triple point doubles. triple doubles never yeah. happened in the NBA, and that's, that's incredible, Scott. Uh, what's your thoughts? You've seen all 75 years of the NBA, so you've seen some great ones come across. Uh, what's your thoughts on these two gentlemen? Last night was incredible. I thought the Heat – I thought Scott was there with uh, Dr. Naismith when they were inventing this. He did. He helped know? him. He helped him put up the peach basket. Put him in the old yeah. black and white yeah. picture. Yeah. I think Denver, as, as I've been saying, you know, for, for the last week or two, when Jokic plays this way – they're playing optimum offense. And sure enough, they, you know, Jokic is a facilitator for that team. He he would much rather pass the ball and have 20 assists than 30 points in the game. So when you get Jamal Murray, who who is playing at a high, high level, and Jokic is playing at that high, high level, Denver is very tough to beat. I mean, very tough. They're, yeah. They took what Malone said to them after the game in game two, and they said, all right, we're going to show you how we play. And they went out and they played probably their best game since maybe the first game against the Lakers. So I think that Miami's going to have a really difficult time controlling and stopping them. They did a phenomenal job in game two, and then they didn't. They just didn't do it in game three. So, Well, the, Tanner, Den- Denver adjusted. We, we talked about this. Sorry. That's right. We talked about this after game one about adjustments. And Malone made the adjustment, especially against the zone. Instead of having Jokic at the foul line, he had him down at the baseline running the offense through there. So they couldn't trap him the way they were up at the foul line. So he was able to see more of the court and make more plays. We talked about the other guy stepping up, too. Um, Aaron Gordon Gordon played well. I don't know what's going on with with, with Michael Porter Jr. Killed it last night. Michael Porter Jr., like Christian there's Brown. some times where he doesn't even Christian seem Brown. interested sometimes, but the other guys did step up. Murray, of course, had a big game. Let's see what Spolster does as far as the next adjustment. But I think Miami could be in trouble. Like Miami needed to take this game, in my opinion. I think they Denver has control of, control of the series now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if if Denver honestly winds up winning it in five. Um, but if, if especially yeah. if Miami doesn't win this next game. If Miami no, doesn't win this next game, it's, it's over. Done, it's over. Game five. No, yeah. If no, Miami no, wins this be. game, then it may go. It obviously it'll go to a six game or something like that. But um, I like Denver. Uh, they made all the right adjustments. Um, th- th- there's not much they can do to really stop Jokic when the offense is running the way it's running. And again, if Michael Porter Jr. can snap the hell out of it because he seems to be like moving in slow motion sometimes, if he can actually get back and focus and playing because everybody else is stepping up. You know, like you guys mentioned, Bruce Brown, Gordon, everybody else is yeah. do, playing their roles, playing with more energy. If he steps up too, Miami can't. Miami can't stop them, bro. They just well, got too much. They got more talent, bro. Sam had the stat the other night: when Jokic scores forty in the playoffs, they're zero and three. Yep. yep. Simple enough. Don't yep. you know? Don't score forty. 
facilitate. It's been some fun games too, man. It's been fun. Well, I did too, man. I so JG who's in the hoop with me still has the Heat in six now. He still has the Heat winning winning the series. No, so no, I, I, I don't. Get I mean, I'm not going to say no, but I mean, I, I picked Denver to win in six. The Nuggets already, needed the so. two stars to score thirty plus a game, and the supporting cast has to come through. Johnny, don't okay. be coy. You know it's the Nuggets show. Hey, Tim, well, talk about okay. your guy from Kansas, uh, Mr. Browntown. I mean, he actually, that was a guy who was not even the rotation, hadn't even played much. And last night he came on strong, had a couple steals. He was dunking it. Uh, I mean, He's, that's your guy from Kansas. Yeah, like Chris, Christian's always been that way. You know, he learned a lot of great defense from Bill Self being in the Jayhawk world there, who prides themselves on defense. Uh, but, you know, Christian, who is actually, I believe he's been number two in minutes to Bruce Brown coming off the bench uh, this, this season pretty much. And he's been really effective on the defensive end. Last night, he got his chance to really show his scoring ability and getting open. But you got to credit, again, Joker and Murray for making those opportunities happen. Because if those if they're not scoring out lights out, if they're not doing their things they need to do, that doesn't give Brown the, the chance to even get down low and make the scores where he needs to. So credit to that. Credit to Michael Malone for being able to actually set up the execution to get Brown in there. Because I thought Bruce Brown was going to be the one that blows up off the bench last night. He made that great three, got that tough uh, free throw chance, and then Christian Brown took over in the second half there. Which is exactly what Denver needed was somebody big to step up there. Kudos to kudos to the Nuggets. First of all, Mike Malone after game two said we just don't have enough effort. Like there's you know we're in the NBA and we're out here. They call, he oh, called out his whole team. Yeah, from 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 top to bottom said hey we don't have you know we we're not having enough effort. You guys pretty much stinking, especially in the fourth quarter. Like we are not showing up as a team in the fourth quarter, and and his guys responded. Uh, you know, so they took that criticism and responded where, you know, in today's age, superstars can be like, F you, Mike Malone's probably going to get fired, you know, next week. Right. Like right. that's just the way it happens in the NBA. Uh, but kudos to his team to rebound and then say, hey, it's time to go. Uh, and that now they put it all together. And I just love Jokic. Like they asked him about triple double. I don't care. Hey, I don't. He wants to win. Hey, we won the game. Let's do this, guys. Let's yeah. do this here. Let's continue on this NBA Finals playoffs. Johnny, let's get that hour two ad read out of the way so we can bring our hour two guest in because I'm excited for this one. Uh, brand new to Let's Talk Sports, at least as far as I'm aware, uh, and uh, to our show, and I'm super excited to get him in here. Johnny, Absolutely. go and kick it off. All right, well, the second promo is for the owner's box. Uh, it is a daily fantasy app similar to FanDuel, uh, but you have more chances to win because there are more games. Download the app, use the promo code LTS, and it will match up to $500 deposit. So there you go. Owner's Box Fantasy Sports app. Check it out, people. And like I said, they will match up to $500 deposit. All right. Let's time to bring in our second guest of the night. His team is only two wins away from the NBA Finals. This man gets to watch the best basketball player in the NBA and Nikola Jokic all the time. Give it up for the one and only, the answer, 42, making his debut on the Thank you, guys. I appreciate that intro. Uh, Mr. First Down there, he knows who I am, though. How you doing, bud? That's what I like. All right. You guys are the bearded, redheaded, bearded brothers. So you guys are a special club you guys go to. Ginger bros. 
Uh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> just, just a Scott-Irish descent, man. Don't read into it. <laughs> we'll, we'll start right off with it. What did you see last night from the Nuggets in the game? I saw a complete team effort. I know everybody wants to talk about the 30-point triple-doubles from the two stars, but y'all did mention it a little bit. You had Aaron Gordon go out there. He got a double-double, 11 points, 10 rebounds. And then the kid, the, the baby-faced Christian Brown. This is a kid I have been touting since they drafted him. I know it's been it's much talked about that it's almost impossible for a rookie to break the rotation in Denver under Coach Malone. But there's just something about that kid. He just wins. He's just a champion. Three state titles in Kansas, national championship there at University of Kansas, and now he's in the NBA Finals doing something that only three other rookies have ever done. As much history that was made by the two stars, the only other three to drop at least 15 as a rookie in the finals was Miami Heat's duo in 2020 between um, Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn. And then we want to go way back to Daniel Booby Gibson back in the 90s. Booby was the first one. Wow. Yes, Booby. Booby back in the 90s was the first rookie. He dropped 16. Uh, Hero did it three times in 2020. But Brown is just there's something about that kid when he hits the floor. The energy and Effort. the enthusiasm that he plays on both ends, the defense that he plays, and he just doesn't quit. You saw it in that that coast-to-coast -coast dunk he had. There's just something about that kid that's infectious when he's on the court. And I think it's a direct correlation between the – I don't, I'm trying to sound nice when I talk about KCP right now because people really think that I'm mean with him, but I've been talking about Brown, both Browns getting more minutes than KCP since about the middle of the regular season. There, If he is not hitting shots, he doesn't play defense. You saw it in game two where he fouled out. He almost had as many fouls as points. It was, I mean, it's infuriating to watch a veteran out there in the NBA Finals dictating his effort defensively depending on what he's doing offensively so to yeah. see malone switch it up and give brown both browns almost as many minutes as kcp got kind of has me ilking towards seeing that being more the rotation we're going to see less kcp more brown so we're going to see what brown can do for you i think it's going to be a whole lot uh, they both guys really kind of give something on either side of the floor and unlike kcp if they're not hitting shots, they are still hustling on the defensive end. And at this point, that's all the Nuggets really need. If you got both of your stars going out there scoring as as many points as the other team's five starters, they had both had sixty six points yesterday. You don't really need yep. much more. Right. Answer. Uh, I want to ask, like, why are the Nuggets just kind of disrespected as far as like? The media-wise, and I, there, there's not one person on this damn panel here picked the Nuggets to get this far. Uh, so, like, why are, why are we disrespecting them? And why is the nation, like, I feel disrespect? Nobody's talking about these guys until now. Uh, they're not really on national media or anything like that. I think one feeds the other. I think the fact that the national media does not hype this team uh -huh. the way that they have their cash cows in LeBron James in LA or the Boston Celtics over on the East Coast, there's something about that coastal bias. And I think this finals really proved it. I know ESPN, all these other big name networks, they've all tried to tiptoe around that and say, oh, we don't have a bias. We just go where the stories are. We all know and they do. Yeah, they, they, they totally do. They do. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, they proved it time and time again in these playoffs. I mean, you saw it with the, in the L.A. series. They were talking about moral victories for the Lakers 
after we saw Jokic and the Nuggets do things we had never seen done before. That was the lead of the show, not the fact that Nikola Jokic had set records with triple doubles or scored this many points or Jamal Murray was out uh, scoring 25-plus points in six-plus games. Nobody heard those storylines, but we definitely heard about LeBron James possibly, maybe, kind of, sort of, thinking about retirement at some point in the future. That, right. that dominated an entire day after they got swept. So right. that being fed to the masses makes people believe, like it goes back to, if you tell people they are something long enough, they will become that. So if Is, you're going to sit there and tell people that it's boring to watch Denver basketball over and over and over again, people are going to assume that it's boring to watch Denver basketball. Is it partly too, because like they're, they're like this, you know what I mean? And they're not, I'm not saying they have Jokic is probably the best player on the, on, on any court he steps onto, but like, they don't have a vocal guy, right? Like, there's not like Jokic is yes. like, I don't really care. I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to go home and do whatever. Uh, Jamal Murray's not really that vocal guy. They don't have like a, you know, a guy like Jimmy is the vocal guy of the Heat, right? Like, hey, all the way top to bottom, whatever he says goes. And I know that behind the scenes, it's probably like that way in Denver, but is it because like they don't have like a guy, a face like that's out there talking? I think that has something to do with it. They, we have probably the two most humble superstars ever in the history of sports. I mean, just to uh, when Jokic was in his post-game presser yesterday, they asked him how it felt to be in the finals and you know what he thought about his 30-point triple-double. He said, well, I don't really care about my 30-point triple-double, but and the only thing I care about the finals is that I get to bring guys like Jeff Green, Ish Smith, and DeAndre Jordan to the finals and possibly get them a ring. He, de- he doesn't give the sound bites. Like he's he's funny. He's goofy. If you wa- if you listen to him, yes. he's a really funny guy. But yeah. he's also so understated because the only thing he cares about is winning and riding horses. Like that's literally it. That's all yeah. he wants to do is win basketball games and then go home to Serbia and ride his horses. And then you got Jamal Murray, who is the understated – he's the typical Canadian. He's that really nice guy. You know, he's going to say sorry and all that good stuff when it, even when it's not his fault. But – yeah, there's not really that raw, raw guy. I guess maybe the closest they have is like Jeff Green, um, who's really KCP, just too old. KCP maybe, was your, kind of. your guy. Yeah. You know? uh, real quick here. Your my, fifth best guy is yeah. your talker. That doesn't really matter. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't help, right? It's not much of a headline. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., kind of underwhelming in the points department, isn't really hitting the threes. I mean, he had two points. What uh, last night, and then another six point, not six points, two points again. Uh, was it multiple nights? No, five points the night before in game yeah. two. It's, I mean, it's just what's up with him? Is 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 his back bothering him, or are we just seeing a bad matchup there with Miami for Michael Porter Jr.? He's just not hitting shots. I, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, if it's a, a rhythm thing, whatever it is. I don't believe it's his back bothering him at all because he's been really good on the boards. He's only got two turnovers in three games. Yeah. Um, so he's he's been doing some things defensively that he doesn't normally do. I like the fact that he's playing like he's actually 6'10". I, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize how big he is because of the kind of ball that he plays, but the dude is huge. He needs to be more aggressive on the boards. And you, you've seen a lot of that in the first three games. And it just hasn't correlated into offensive efficiency. Uh, whatever the case may be, whether it's a case of the yips, uh, just he needs some more rhythm. Whatever the case may be, he just needs to figure out that shot. But 
the great thing is, is he's got guys like Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic that will continue to feed him. They're not going to shy away because he does have the sweetest stroke in the NBA, possibly the sweetest stroke we have ever seen, especially from a guy 6'10 or above. So eventually the shots are going to fall. I think he just needs to be more aggressive on the offensive end, drive to the paint a lot more, see maybe a couple of mid-ranges fall in, and then maybe take it back out to the thir- to the three-point range and start hitting them from there. But it's just a matter of time. That guy has just got such a sweet stroke that eventually they're going to fall. Does Is it this- have anything to do that because he's a Missouri Tiger and they choke all the time? Does it have anything to do with that? <laughs> He's not really. He played like five games as a wow. Missouri Tiger. I, I heard his <laughs> back, right? Yeah. Never yeah. mind. I forgot about. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. I think he showed up for like three classes. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't even think he showed up for school. Out. I got. I was about to say classes. We talk about classes. We talk about classes, y'all. You made the mention right. about him watching a couple of, of of balls go through the basket. There were a couple of times on fast breaks where I wish he would just attack the rim on a fast break, but he loves to run out to the three point line uh, yes. during a fast break. Which I mean, I know that's the the NBA nowadays. But um, I mentioned this after game after game two that it seemed like like not just Pope, but also Michael Porter Jr., they were letting their lack of offense affect their defense. Now, you mentioned that KCP was doing it, but it looked like Michael Porter was letting it affect his defense as well. Did you notice that at all? And I think that's why your boy Brown got as many minutes as he did too, not just because of KCP, I think because of Michael Porter as well. Yeah, game three. Yeah, game three, It definitely he definitely showed some – some cracks on the defensive end. It it might've been the fact that, you know, the shots not going finally were getting to him, but a lot of people don't realize he had a double, double in game one. He had 14 points right. and, and double digit rebounds. So it's not like he's had absolutely just, just miserable games. And in game two, he played really good defensively. He just didn't hit enough shots to make a difference for the, for the nuggets there in that loss. And then yesterday he just didn't really need to make the shots. So maybe that had something to do with two. They didn't really run the offense to him. Uh, but Murray did say after the game that he just needs to keep taking the shots. They'll keep running plays for him. Him personally, Murray will make sure that he gets some plays ran uh, within the game. So he's going to get his shots. He just needs to get that confidence back and understand that he is one of the best shooters in the game. And then I think those shots will start falling. Is this team, because I, I mean, I know they got to win one before we can start considering multiple, but th- this team to me seems like it can go for quite a few years. Maybe the dynasty that Scott Cope thought he was getting down in, in, up in Boston. Now we're going to see it in, in, in Denver. Um, Marsh. I mean, how, bro, they're, they're young goes, enough. They're I, young I'm enough. glad you brought that up, though. I am glad because not many people want to talk about the fact that every one of the Broncos starter or wow, I just said Broncos. Hey, we're talking Nuggets. Starters Broncos <laughs> locked what? down for at least three more years. Right. So and the oldest, the oldest guy is Nikola Jokic, and he's 28. He just turned right. 28. So they definitely have the capability, and this team is together. There's, it's not like they got to worry about a free agent outside of Bruce Brown this offseason or over the next couple of years. And I think with KCP in a couple of years, Christian Brown will take that, so that's not a big deal. But talking about right now, over the next few years, definitely this team can come back. Will they? I mean, we've all seen it. Everything looks great on paper. They have a couple of guys that have some injury history. So, you know, I want I want to kind of quash those talks for now, but it's definitely a possibility. 
What's I think people forget how good this team was in the bubble. Like, and I yes. think a it, everybody puts it because it was the bubble. But this team was in the Western Conference Finals, and it was looked like, hey, this team's about to make a run. And then obviously Jamal Murray blows out his knees out for two years. But now we're seeing back what he can do, fully healthy with Jokic. You know, Michael Porter still like he's still young, uh, pretty much on like I guess kind of his rookie esque deal. Uh, and then you you added a couple other pieces. I the the biggest trade I thought they to get Aaron Gordon when they got him. Yeah. I, I said, man, that is going to be huge for them because now he doesn't have to be the guy. He can right. just be a great role player, and he has developed into an absolute role player. And Jokic just throws it up on perfect dimes, and he can just go get it. Uh, it's like a quarterback just lobbing one into the uh, you know corner of the end zone, and he goes gets it and dunks it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I when they made that trade, I wrote an entire article about how Aaron Gordon was go, going to find that next level of being great without the superstar numbers. Like he's not yeah. going to go out there and score twenty a night, you know, grab stuff. twenty rebounds and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He's going to go out there. He's going to average about fourteen to sixteen points a night. He's going to grab a handful of rebounds, have a handful of assists, and just play lockdown defense on whatever the other team's best scorer is outside of maybe the five and even he's he's even capable of guarding some fives in this league when you're talking about guys like uh, bam out of bio right now the smaller centers in the league he can he can get up on those guys too so he's just an all-around great player he might not be that superstar people thought he was going to be when he came to the magics but i think he's just enough of a star for this nuggets team that he's going to be that piece that knocks him over the hump and he kind of has in both the wins they've had so he's talk, gonna do. He's about, gonna do all the dirty stuff, man. Yeah. Ahead, talk, talk about Mike Mike Malone and how underrated a coach. Uh, it's he Michael. Is. It's Michael. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Michael. Yeah, Malone. be careful. Don't call him Mike. <laughs> yeah. And how underrated a coach he is in the NBA and how good he is for this team. I'm so glad. I mean, he's just another one of these guys on this roster that it's so nice to see him get some vindication. Uh, Like we've talked previously about the Jeff Greens and DeAndre Jordans. He's the coach version of that. I mean, I think he got a lot of disrespect from what happened in Sacramento that I don't really believe was his fault. I think he really was kind of set up to fail at the end um, after he lost to Marcus Cousins in them. So to see him come out here and prove that you don't have to do these knee-jerk reactions. You don't have to be the Eric Spolstra's where you change up your defense every time you call a timeout, that you can stick with your stars and you can believe in them and that you can grow an organic team the way that they have here in Denver. To see that happen after watching all this ridiculousness with the decision going to Miami and Kevin Durant going to Golden State to see a team that was homegrown was able to to grow under his leadership and they are now this close to the mountaintop I think is a true vindication and showing of exactly what kind of a basketball mind that that coach Malone is and it's just really nice to see a guy like that that seems to be a really nice dude and humble dude that's able to come out here and be successful. Let's uh let's hit the comments real quick here. There's a bunch here. Um let's see here. We got Bruce Brown from Flow. Bruce Brown has been a solid all yes. playoff. Uh-huh. This is the first game off. And he wasn't really off. Like he's built for the right. defensive yeah. side. That's what you saw at K-State. And he was phenomenal in the defense. And this is what he does. He, he's not really a scorer. He can be, but he's not. It's like Christian Brown. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to get more defense. You're going to get on the scoring aspect there. Uh, the Bobby G says the answer rocking the Amish look. See you, big fella. <laughs> he loves <laughs> Chris Kamen. Hey, you Chris got the Chris Kamen look. <laughs> That's great. This That's is the awesome. wife's the hair's the wife's fault, the beard's mine. 
She got the long hair. I got the long beard. That's how it works. That's how it works. Dad joke. Here comes the dad joke, everybody. Flo, Flo, why can't you hear a redhead's footsteps? They walk so gingerly. They walk so gingerly. My wife is a ginger, yo. <laughs> my brother's a ginger too yeah uh gingers are Flo awesome says, bruce brown's been solid but christian brown has been underwhelming until game three of the finals again defensive aspect not really he, for the offensive he, side he needs yeah. his opportunities man if he gets more yeah. opportunities yeah. he'll keep playing well yeah he hasn't yeah. got enough i love the energy man that. he's got great energy man exactly well, yeah. Yeah, like, sometimes you know the, these coaches like once guy's got to work back his back into the rotation he got kind of out of the rotation they give him an opportunity he he played his ass off in game three, and now you're going to see, I think, game four, hey, we're going to re- reward you. Here's some more minutes. So right. kudos right. to Mike Malone. Michael Malone. Just forcing the offense too much. Yeah, KCP has been forcing it. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's Tim, been painful to watch. Tammy, can we sneak in the Broncos question? Heck yeah. Oh, sweet. I'm open. Hey, Frank Clark. Frank Clark signing. What's your thoughts, yep. dude? Are you pumped? Uh, the third all-time postseason sacker being added to the likes of Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, Jacob Martin. I'm all for it. And especially at how low of a rate. I mean, $5.5 million guaranteed, $7.5 million with incentives. How can you go wrong? And he's going to have a vendetta against a team right. we haven't beaten 16 tries. So I'm all for it. Let him go I'm sack surprised. his ex-quarterback. Yeah, I'm surprised the Chiefs, like, Chiefs didn't have a close offer to that just for the depth aspect of it. But, but yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's great. I, again, coming from a Chiefs fan here, you, you're, you're getting you're getting the veteran presence of Frank Clark through the season, but you're not seeing the yeah. real Frank Clark until it's playoff time. And so that's going to oh, yeah. be that's going to be the real thing to see uh, if you know see what happens this year, right? So, yeah, I think so he averages two. like half a sack a game in the regular season. And then, again, he's the third all-time postseason sacker. So, yeah, it doesn't make him – he's kind of like the – he's like the Hemi Buckets of the NFL. He just shows <laughs> up when it matters. Playoff so Jimmy, playoff Frank. <laughs> so, two-part question. First of all, Javante Williams, what, what is his status? And number two, they signed Smudgy P. Ryan in the offseason, and there is a running back that's going to become free as of tomorrow. What's the interest level down for them? Look at the Saints and see what kind of running back room they had. They had the Bruiser and Mark Ingram, and then the do it all back in Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Javante Williams, ultimate Bruiser. I've nicknamed mm-hmm. him the Grim Reaper because he's just out there snatching souls. Marlon <laughs> Humphrey's butt cheeks are still imprinted in, in Power Field. So that, <laughs> that kid being able to go out there and just destroy people. I am all for it. He's ahead of schedule. Uh, last I heard, he's uh, looking like he might actually be in at training camp, not the beginning of the season. So okay. he might get a, yeah. a, almost full off season, even after tearing his ACL in Game Three. So mm-hmm. it's good, to, you know, it's good to be young. <laughs> he's a rookie. It's good yeah, to be it young. Is. It looks like he's going to bounce back quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, Dalvin Cook. I mean, could you imagine that getting smashed in the face? over and over again by a Javante Williams. And then all of a sudden, Dalvin Cook comes dancing out of the backfield. And he's if he's even anywhere near what he's been in, in Minnesota for the last couple of years, that duo would be an absolute monster, especially with the additions they've done at the offensive line with Ben mm-hmm. Powers. You got the belly, Quinn Miner still over there at guard. You got Garrett Bowles coming back from his own ankle injury. You got Mike McGlinchey out there at the right tackle that just loves every one of those guys loves to run block. They're all maulers. They just like to just be those big dancing bears. 
that just destroy defenses. They want to run the ball. Defensive what, uh-huh. They want to run the ball. Hey, what's the expectations with Russ Wilson here? Because last year he absolutely stunk up the joint. Uh, everybody blamed it on uh, Nathaniel Hackett. And I think part of that was week one on national media on the Monday night game. He never had a chance after that, um, you know, yes. as far as Hackett. But Wilson played awful. Can he fit Sean Payton's, um, you know, system? And what's your guys' expectations for Russ here in, in year two? I think Sean Payton has proven that any quarterback can fit into his system between what he's done with uh, Jameis Winston, uh, Taysom Hill. He made Taysom Hill look like a possibility. Got money for Made him money. <laughs> exactly. He got that boy paid big time. Exactly. So I think any quarterback in that system is going to be good when you add a quarterback. And the disrespect that Russell has had to endure over the last 12 months, I think is only going to fuel him. And I, I don't get it. I don't understand why people have gone to the personal side. I know there's plenty that he did on the field that people can attack, and that's completely fair game. I think this year, after what he just dealt with, with what he's going to have at his disposal, he's going to have his top three wide receivers from day one. He's going to have Cortland Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy, and Timmy P. Add in K.J. Hamler, who's an absolute burner. And you got four guys that can go and get it at any level of the field. Then you have Greg Dulcich, the tight end who's going to be featured a lot like Jimmy G was back in his days back um, in New Orleans where he had some of his best seasons. Um, Then, again, the offensive line's better. You already had a very, very good defense that's added some key pieces in the offseason. This team is going to be a problem. Now, I'm not going to sit here and drink all the Kool-Aid like I did 12 months ago. I did sit here and eat a lot of egg. I was one of those guys talking about, oh, Russell Wilson for MVP, all that good stuff. I'm not going that far, but I do believe this is a playoff-caliber team, and they could make some noise if they make it in the dance. Where do you think they're going to finish this year in the division? I do believe they still end up second in the division. I think they're going to be above 500, um, somewhere in the 9 to 11 win range, and they're going to sneak into the playoffs as a wild card. Do they get their dub finally against the Chiefs since 2016? This is the, the I, that is one thing I will go out on the limb. This is the year we finally take one from Kansas City. There it is. is. Yeah. And, yeah, and Tanner. Yeah, and Tanner. I don't know why. <laughs> why the Raiders out of everybody? No, you're going to I'm saying I don't understand. No matter how much they have sucked over the last five years, we just can't beat them. Even with Mike, we let we let Josh McDaniel sweep us. That was the most oh, embarrassing God. thing of last year. Out of everything else, Josh McDaniels swept us. That is something I cannot forgive. And that's I blame all of that on Hackett, and I am so glad he is in New York. The Jets are about to find out exactly how well he can call plays. Because from everything I've heard, it was essentially a him. bunch of monkeys throwing crap against the wall and seeing what stuck. I love it. I love it, man. I, I, I think the Raiders are just going to absolute stink this year, especially if they don't have a quarterback. So, oh God, yes. I can't wait. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Oh, me too. I'm laughing. I read on NBC Sports Edge today. You know who the Raiders might turn to if Jimmy G fails his physical. Please tell me, Carson Wentz. Yes. Oh, yes. God. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that guy gets so many opportunities, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Neck acne and all. <laughs> yeah, I thought Matt Ryan was next in the line, right? That would be great. Did you know how oh. many interceptions Pat Sertan would have in those two games? <laughs> I remember when that. he was with the. I remember when he was with the Colts, and somebody heard Mike Vrabel in the locker room, like, "Look, he's going to throw him. Just be ready when he does." <laughs> I was like, yes. Jeez. <laughs> he's just going to chuck it. 
Whether it's yeah, to his guy that. or not, nobody knows, but we'll yeah. find out when it lands. That's right. I love that. <laughs> Daniel, where can we find you, man? Uh, you can find me on my Twitter's right there at underscore the answer is 42. Um, I also have a show over on e5280sports.com every Thursday, which is the answer is 42. And then I have a show here on Let's Talk Sports starting Tuesday. That's Let's Get Some Answers with Dan Westheim. I just, I'm all about the answers, man. Nice. What answers are you looking nice. for? Quarterback or what are you looking for there? <laughs> all of them. What? How do you, how do you, wait, how do you know Sam? We were on the, oh, I was we on the show. show together. Yeah, yeah. We were show together. They were, we're, at the, the, they were at the redheaded uh, uh, redhead R us uh, together. Yeah, redhead yeah. They found us in the we, same we, aisle as Chucky. We talked about logical <laughs> things, Nick. You wouldn't understand. Uh, who's whose beard's uglier? Is that what you guys were talking about? Oh man! Hey, hey. I'll get you after yeah. this. I'll get hey. you uh, on the show again. But. <laughs> we pre- hey, Mister Answer Forty Two. Hey, we, pre- we go ahead, Johnny. No, I was just to say, man, you're welcome anytime, man. It was a lot of fun yeah. having you on here. Yeah. And as far it, as as far as Fonte Williams taking souls as a Miami Hurricane fan, he he got Manny Diaz fired, and there are a bunch <laughs> of Miami Hurricanes players that were embarrassed off that field that day because he was embarrassing the Hurricanes that game, bro. Like I wanted the Dolphins to draft him that year. He Javante's a stud, bro. He's a stud, bro. I agree. I appreciate. I hope, it. I hope he there, comes man. back 100. percent man. I hope he comes back. 100%. Hey, yeah. Same here. That's hey, my guy. Appreciate- I love that dude so much. Hey, we appreciate you. I thought I was talking to Chris Kamen uh, for most of the uh, night. Uh, that just was uh, the weed I was smoking before the show. So I appreciate it. Uh, I'm from Colorado, brother. Hey, hey, just saying. Born and raised, baby. Hey, we appreciate it. Everybody, please check out the Answer 42 right here on the Let's Talk Sports Network. Thank you. Big round of applause. We'll see you next time. Hey, where you got the Nuggets real quick? Nuggets and what? Six. I still have five, dude. I'm talking to Martin 42. I called, I know y'all I called Nuggets in six from before the the before the yep. series, so I'm gonna stay with that. I think that Miami does get one more at home, but the Nuggets who wins tomorrow night? Home. Who wins tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, I think the I think Miami Heat just is gonna stick it out because they just I don't think they can get embarrassed on their court like that again. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Daniel. We'll see everybody. Give it up for a number. The answer 42. You catch him right here on the Let's Talk Sports Network again. Awesome, dude. Johnny Cruz is the answer 42 now. There he goes. We found the answer he was looking for. Dude, that was a blast there. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's cool. He's a great guy. I didn't know. uh, I mean, I thought Sam was the ugliest redheaded guy I ever came across, but Jesus. (laughs) I mean, Nick, thank you. A compliment. Wow. I'm kidding for you. Too. I kid because I love. I kid because I love. I kid because. Oh love. man. Yeah, yeah. Terms of endearment. Well, yeah. Well, guys, we we do have a minute. I know this is the topic you guys want to talk about. Golf. Uh, PGA, live the DP, whatever. Uh, all combining now, merging up. Uh, Rory McIlroy is very unhappy. Obviously, live just told him to just you know stop being a whiny bitch. Uh, so, again. Talk about it, guys. I want to hear I want to hear your Here, thoughts on it. Here's my thoughts, and I, I kind of – so my first thought is how pissed off am I if I'm Rory McIlroy and everybody else? For the better part of the last, what, year and a half, two years, he has been the face of the PGA, anti-live. They offered this man 600 – what was it, 600 million, Scott? 
I uh, believe so. Yeah, pretty close to it. $600 million. Rory said, thanks, but no thanks. The PGA said, hey, you guys go play for live. You ain't allowed to come back. You ain't, you're not you're not playing on our tournament. Take that money. We'll never see you again. Guys went over there. They made a shit ton of money. They were still allowed to play in a lot of the majors, so it didn't really matter because the majors aren't part of this PGA Tour stuff like that. And then what's the PGA? So then – then they don't even know. They think these guys are meeting in a secret room about who's suing who. And what do you find out? They come out the room saying, we're the best of friends. These guys are going to grease our pockets. And now all the guys who could have left to make money, uh, they're just shit out of luck. Like Tanner said, hey, stop being a crybaby back bitch, uh, Rory. And Rory's just got to sit there and suck it up. Yo, I would walk in. If I'm Rory McIlroy, I would walk into the PGA and I would, I would, I'd dick slap him. I'd take mm-hmm. out my dick and slap it right across his forehead. Six hundred million dollars? Are you kidding me? That's that's generational oh. wealth. You just cost. That he did nice. He got offered anything. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's he knows. Uh, hey oh, guys, I got uh, I got some got stuff. Yeah. Go ahead, Sam. Uh, all right, Jimmy Dunn has done an exclusive interview with SI Golf with some new details. Jay Monahan will be overseeing the PGA Tour, Live Golf, at the DPWT. It is up to Monahan to disband LIV if he is to choose. A full evaluation of Live will be conducted at season's end. PIF won't actually contribute anything directly to tour players. PIF will get right of first refusal to be TOR's investment partner at any opportunity through the new company. Penalties to return to the PGA TOR could be significant. Wow. What the world? So that, wow. so that goes against everything that first was first reported, because everything that was first reported said these guys can reapply for their PGA membership at the start yep. of 2024 yep. Without, yep. without penalty, without problem. I think Jay Monahan is going to lose his job. I think yep. that's what's going to happen. I think they're just trying to save face, bro. They are they're trying right. to save face right now. Yeah, because they they, come- they getting paid a ton of money. They 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 you know what I'm saying they basically sold out because, like Nick said, for the last couple of years, you know, trying to be all high and mighty that they didn't want that blood money and all this and that. And then as soon as they offered them enough money, it was like, well, okay, See ya. maybe we can work something out. Everybody got a pay. So all this hey, backlash that has been coming these last couple of days. So now they got all this fine print as far as all these outs that they can possibly have. Ultimately, the bottom line is they're going to wind up merging because money is, the you know, saying the answer right. to every question, answer 42 is money. You yeah. Know <laughs> so it's, they're going to make it happen some way or another. Um, maybe they'll penalize penalize the, the guys coming back as far as their standings or something like that, but they're going to let everybody play at all the events, bro. And, so and are they changing prize money up at all? Like for these tournaments now? Yeah, they can bring, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the uh, live is going to back. They're going to get, they're going right. to financially back the PGA. Like that's right. why. And like, watch them. They're going to want a major over yep. on their soil, bro. Watch. Yep. yep. The the thing, the thing that also got That'll me be the give and was, take. Yeah. Was that Tiger and Rory were were you know they told them every decision except for this one. They didn't tell them that this was happening. They kept them in the dark. Yeah, they didn't say anything. Wild, and when they had the meeting up at the Canadian Open a couple of days ago, a lot of the golfers were saying to Jay Monahan, "You're a hypocrite. 
There we yeah. go. Yeah. Hypocrite. Well, so, I know yeah. J- Johnny alluded to uh, the backlash. The uh, I, I don't. It's like some nine eleven event yeah. uh, organization yeah. that yeah. they had come out against this. Uh, you know, pretty much calling well, Monahan. The, the Jay Monahan actually used the nine eleven as part of his example. Yeah, that's why it was said. a bad thing. That's right. You know yeah. Now, yeah. now you reverse. Hey, everybody got a price. Everybody yeah. got everybody got a price. If I mean, I, that's- if, if I was a professional golfer, I, I would boycott until he resigns. That's how. That's how I feel. I, I hear you. I'm with you on that one, man. Hey, I seen a uh, shooter McGavin tweeted out. Hey, they, they're going to ask him to join the ninth green at nine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I, I think I think a lot of these players are going to boycott the FedEx Cup playoffs. I think that's what might happen. Mm. Mm. They're going to hit him where it hurts the most, which is the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yep. I, here's the thing, though. We say that they're going to boycott, but the, the live, the dude who runs the live makes like $6 billion a year. Like He doesn't care. He don't yeah, he like care. you know he what they can be like hey how much printing money, bro? Yeah, how much how much money is it gonna take for you to play? Like I just said, everybody got a price. Right. I'll boycott I'll, how much? I'm gonna boycott right. this. Well, what if you win? We'll give you this. Well, I'm still gonna put no, what if they're just gonna raise it up and then eventually you're like, shit, if I go out there and play 18 whole, you know, three days of good 18 hole golf and I win, then that's again, it's life changing money. Tiger was offered 600 to 500 million dollars to go play. No, that's your point. I saw 800. I thought it was closer to 800, bro. It was 800. Yeah, dude. That's insane. The other thing that's going to happen is these live golfers who, like Phil Mickelson, $450 million he made when he signed his name on the contract. These guys are going to find it harder if they come back to the PGA Tour full time, because they these PGA care. golfers, no, they got but the four hundred fifty million dollars, right? I exactly. But the PGA golfers care. are going to like freeze them out. They they're just going to not talk to them or hey, anything. Hey, like you know that. what I'm going to do? I'm going to roll. Hey, I might roll up a hundred dollar bill right in front of Rory McIlroy's face and light that bitch right in front of him to smoke it. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember how? Uh, how what's his name? <laughs> Phil Mickelson was dressed. He looked like uh, somebody that was trying to be on Gone in sixty seconds. He had like the leather jacket. And exactly. <laughs> He's, He's such going, a dork, man. He, uh, I mean, this is this is going to change the game of golf forever because I have a feeling some of these liberals are going to be put in place. In no, the they won't. No, they won't. No. They I won't. think the team like, thing, Scott. I think PGA you're right, Scott. Told, they're not. They're not going to risk their game, bro. They they can't. They can't change rules and the and team. The, whole the the team thing. The team thing. I think could be a carryover where yeah. it's like yeah. uh, where you're on a team. That thing I th- could carry. Especially, yeah, right. it's never going to be like that in the majors. Right. Like you know when they're playing the majors, but some of these smaller tournaments and things like that. They're not going to do 54 can, holes. Are they going to do the same? They're going to do the same holes. No, no, I'm not it, saying it, that. That won't change. Like 72. Change, right. Yeah, I don't we'll do change. Yeah. Too, but yeah, I do think the, the team aspect thing. I could see yeah. something like that happen. Yeah. Some of the and, and like I said, there's gonna there's gonna be more tournaments, and like I said, they're gonna want a major to be over there. Yeah, they're gonna try to make that happen oh, again. That. Yeah, they're gonna pay. They're gonna 100%. pay enough money where they they're gonna wind up doing it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was I was shocked. I mean, I would be. Like just overall pissed off if I'm Rory or somebody, and they've handled yeah, it. Yeah, I would be too. Decently yeah. okay, but like I said, hey, I'd probably watch. I'd punch him right in the face. Just no, I yeah, mean, that's, no, that's yeah. life changing. Right. Yeah, right. and I know those guys. Some of those guys, especially let's just say maybe not a guy like Rory 
are are somebody like, but just I don't know, uh, like a middle guy, right? Like Roy's a top tier guy, but a middle guy who stayed and played at the PGA and didn't go over there and make more money. Like he stayed and now he's out, you know, because he was told that if he went, he couldn't come back. So, and now we're getting new reports that, you know, like Sam just read that that could change. So they, I don't really think they know. I do think like Johnny said, they're trying to cover their backtrack and covering their ass. So it'll be interesting to see. I think we'll have more, a little bit of that developed on Sunday and definitely by Monday, I think uh, for Monday's show to see kind of where we're going to be at on on that. Uh, Let's go ahead. We're going to, let's get into our parting shots here. Uh, Johnny, let's uh, go ahead and uh, start us off. All right. Well, I mean, again, another great episode. Shout out to, to Jew jet. Shout out to, to the answer. Uh, shout out to to the one and only Mr. Dan Harris. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I'm I'm loving this this show that we got going. I uh, can't wait till Sunday morning, nine Eastern time, nine Eastern, eight Central will be uh, AM. Uh, will be Sunday show. So I'm looking forward to that. We're gonna we're gonna cover the the UFC fight from from this weekend. Um, so I'm I'm excited, man. I'm having fun and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I get Friday off. So I get to just chill with the family yeah. Saturday at yeah, five o'clock. Yeah. Saturday at five o'clock, um, I should be with Dan doing a, a let's talk about it, uh, and then Sunday morning I'll be back here with you guys, man. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Scott, you got any final thoughts? No, <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, first of all, this, this has been this has been great. Tanner was was giving us the numbers through the chat. It, it's great to see that people are watching this and people are are enjoying what we're what we're putting out there. So, um, you know, I shout out to Dan Harris, shout out to Tanner, shout out to Nick, shout out to all all of us for for being um, being on here and 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 just doing what we do best, which is you know entertainment and and giving across information. So. Other than that, my tapioca pudding's waiting for me. So, <laughs> well done, well done. Wow, Mr. First Downs, go ahead and get your uh, last and final thoughts. Always uh, a pleasure being on the show. Always a pleasure to be on with these guys, and thank our guests, Jude Jets, and the answer is forty-two for coming on. That was stellar. I will leave you with this line here. Um, No matter if you're pessimistic or you're optimistic about your team's chances this year, you're still a fan of the team. So don't let some jerk off on Twitter tell you that you're being too negative or you're being overly positive. It's your team. If that's how you you feel about them, that's how you feel about them. Nothing wrong with it. Yep, do you. Uh, You don't want to talk about your D-hop situation? Uh, all right, put me on the big screen. You want me to load it up? No, I'm just kidding. So, so sad. Oh, we're doing it. D Hop is 31 years old. Okay. <laughs> so Get Sam, stop here. stop tweeting us about how our team stink and your team's gonna win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have not tweeted that at all. <laughs> Mr. Producer, the man clicking all the buttons, uh, putting all this together. Go ahead, Tanner. All right, guys, big breaking news here. Vegas is up again, 2-1 up on Florida. Eight minutes left in the third period here. Again, it's a similar matchup what we're seeing over there in the NBA world with Denver and Miami. Bigger teams, more athletic, and bigger size. Bigger size, bigger teams, and a team that, as much as it may say, Denver wants this thing, Vegas wants this thing really bad. And these are both teams that have to prove – they're worth so uh, i'm you know great deal here winning some bets 
Hopefully this finishes 3-1, and I win even more bets. So, uh, by the way, excited for Sunday. It's going to be a blast. Yes, it is. I'm pulling for you, man. Three one, so Tanner can make some more money. Let's get it. But the, Let's get look, the, the number one, the number one teams are showing why they were number one seeds, bro. I mean, it, it was a nice oh, story. God's the whole, saying. oh, these eight seeds making Tanner, a run. That, that was a it. nice story, but I, I know it's insane. It's a great story, but you run into a team eventually, right? Right. You're running Absolutely. somebody. All you right, Nick, take it away. So I'm not, man, I, I don't know what I was going to say. I just want to say I love this. I really do. Um, this is to me, I could do this for my rest of my life and I would probably be the happiest thing in the world. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm not the best at a lot of things in life, but I know this and I love doing this stuff. Um, and it's a blast every come on here, every, every, whatever, how many times we're going to do this. Uh, my final thoughts is man, we just got to be some, we got to be dogs just like we're watching some of the heat games. Uh, we've got to be dogs like the Nuggets are about to, I think, winning this thing, uh, you know, as a collective unit. That's the thing is the Nuggets are winning as a team. Uh, they didn't go out and buy a bunch of superstars. They built this from the ground up, just like Dan Harris built this program and this network from the ground up here, here. Uh, and made nice. it to the championship. Someday, I promise you, uh, that'll be us. Uh, we're going to make it some someplace, somewhere. Maybe do the trash can. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we're, we're building this thing from the ground up and we're going to I feel like we're going to do big, big, big things eventually. Uh, one day, one one thing at a time. Uh, but uh, just like the Nuggets, we'll eventually get there because we believe in each other. And uh, we, I don't think anybody thinks that they're bigger than the team. We're all together in this together. Love having y'all. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Make sure you do join us again uh, Sunday morning. 8 o'clock Central Time Zone, 9 Eastern. Wake up, pour yourself a mimosa, drink yourself a little Bloody Mary. Uh, join us. We're going to have uh, Vic from the Rec Room Sports coming on. Is it Vic, right, Tanner? Yep, uh, Vic. Yep, Vic yep. from the Rec Room Sports is going to be joining us. We're going to talk uh, the fights from the UFC. We'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit of football uh, as well. We'll talk about the Dalvin Cook situation. We didn't really get into that tonight. Yes. We'll probably talk a little bit more of the D-Hop situation. We're Sam's not going to be here to defend himself, so we'll just pretty much uh, talk about why he's stupid. Thinking Go for D-Hop's it. Awesome. <laughs> D-Hop. So, you, don't let, you don't let me talk now anyway, so why not? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we noticed We noticed this today when we were like, go ahead, Sam. So, you know. Off screen, but you know what's happening. Everybody knows that on this program, we kid because we love. We bust each other's absolutely. chops because we love each absolutely. other. Uh, absolutely. No, play, no other place I'd rather be, man. So uh, with that being said, uh, be a friend, tell a friend, like, subscribe, share. We'll see you Sunday morning. Shout folks, out Dan Harris. Early, eight, in Central, 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern, Bloody Marys, mimosas, coffee, whatever your morning drink is. Tune in. Talk some UFC. Talk some football. And God knows else whatever talk out. Put some comments in. We'll talk about it just like we did. Thanks for all the everybody listening all our comments. Tanner. Oh, for God's sake. Hit that outro, baby. That's not it. <laughs> Life better pop off. What do you like? Make a dream job. No nine five, no mean boss. Just my life and free thoughts. Could try to play, but you're never gonna beat me. Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy. Bloody hands same from the people who deceive me. Bloody hands break through the chains, go free me. People like sheep, move feet, hurt it easy. You don't want.
wanna be fast asleep on this heat Better stay tall, ready for a fight, believe me When they try to change, you can say no, free me